a diagnosis, something that we spend years and years searching for. And then when we get it, we feel like we got an answer. But did we really? Did your diagnosis answer the question, why? If it didn't, you're in the right place. I'm going to teach you the why behind your health struggles right here on the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Guys, we are here with a special treat, a special guest again. She's back because her podcast episode is the most popular podcast episode I have. That's so cool. Called Why Can't I Lose Weight? If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's dang good. We're going to have a follow-up one um, here in the near future. But today we're going to join, we're joined by Karen Martell, who is a nutritional transformation coach. She specializes in food and hormones. Hormones are a big deal, right? We all have them. We all curse them at some point in our life. (laughs) So today's call, she's going to teach us what to eat to balance the dang system we know as the endocrine system or our hormones. So Karen, introduce yourself, take it away. Hello, ladies. I'm happy to be here. I'm back by popular demand by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) Kylie, I can't can't wait for yours to come out on mine. Oh, you guys are all going to have to listen to it, although you listen to Kylie all the time, but still, it's a good one. Tell them what yours is real fast. Uh, The Other Side of Weight Loss podcast. Yeah, so I'm actually a, just recently, I actually got my certification as a hormone specialist, even though I've been doing hormones now for seven years. (laughs) And so I help women just to, whether it's they're going through perimenopause, even if they're in menopause, they're cycling years, to help them identify what hormones are out of balance and then what you can do about it, depending on what the hormones are that are out of balance. And that takes something different kind of for each category. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about PCOS, endometriosis, some of the more common things that women experience in their fertile years. And then if we have time, I can go into also the kind of the perimenopausal and menopausal state. I know I know, Rhonda who's joining us today would like that. So let's make time for oh, it. Oh, sure. I can do that, Rhonda. <laughs> Rachel, do you have any um, concerns? Thanks. I'm the old lady here. <laughs> How old are you, Rhonda? I'm 57, almost 58. Okay. Um, I'm just having issues with um, pretty much all my hormones. I mean, I think uh, menopausal, premenopausal, uh, have my uterus out. So I'm just uh, going to sit back and learn and see what's needed, then go from there. Okay. Yes, awesome. absolutely. Okay. Karen, before we dive into the food, though, walk us through the pattern of the hormone cycle. Mm-hmm. It's such a mystical thing that we all just experience, <laughs> but we don't really know what's going on. It's very interesting how how many women have no clue as to what's happening to in, in their cycle. And we really are like two different women, if not four different women in a 28-day cycle because of what's happening in our hormones. We're, we're literally different women. And I know that you guys feel that 
we fight it. We think like, oh, it's that PMS time. Why can't I go out and work out? Why can't I stick with my clean diet, whatever it is? And you beat yourself up for it. When if you actually knew what was happening hormonally and what that meant in your system and what that what those signals are telling you and how to work with them, life gets so much easier. And that goes for your life cycles too, from the time that you're, you know, teens to your fertile years, to your perimenopausal years and to your menopausal years. We're very different women in all of those chapters of life. And so it's so good to understand it, what's happening so that you can embrace it and work with it rather than fight it or go through hell trying to get through it and fight your way through these times when you absolutely don't have to. So in a 28-day cycle, um, we'll talk about that first. So if you're in your fertile years, you're having irregular cycle, we're just going to go with 28 days. It can be 30, it can be 32, whatever it is. The first half of your cycle um, is day one is the first day of your period. And that is when your hormone levels, specifically estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, are at their lowest point in the cycle. So we all know how that feels. We go into it, we get the cramps, we get, you know, we're tired, we're not feeling like doing too much those first few days. And then as the week goes on, you really feel this uptick of energy and you're like, oh, I'm feeling so much better. I'm so glad I got my period. It's almost done. My energy's coming back. You get social again. You get, you know, your libido goes up. You want to, you know, go out and exercise. It's really easy during this first half of our cycle to eat well. Um, What's happening hormonally is estrogen is on the rise. Estrogen gets a real bad rep out there. And honestly, it's for it. There's so many myths about estrogen. It is the most important hormone in our system. And estrogen helps us to be insulin sensitive. So it's much easier to eat well because our blood sugar isn't doing crazy things. That's also why we want we can exercise and take advantage of that time to lose weight because we are more insulin sensitive. We can do things like fast in the first half of the cycle very easily. You can go lower carb very easily for most people. Not you know, as you get more in tune with your system, it, it's easier to go lower carb in the first half of your cycle because of what's happening. This is the great time, you know, come that second week, this is the time that you want to have sex. This is when your body's going, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And, you know, my husband always tells me it was the best thing that he was ever taught was where my sex drive was in a monthly in my monthly cycle because then he works with that he knows that the beginning half of the month oh this is the time to go and get it second half of the month he knows he's got to tread carefully <laughs> and you know maybe ask like oh so you into it today you know That's the truth. To, my husband's gonna... always like why is it not that why is it not the same way for you I just want it all the time every day multiple times a day I'm like yes because I'm a woman for one, and two, you got to hit me in that certain time of the month. That's yes. just how we're designed. Yes, exactly. I had one lady, she was doing testosterone pellets, and she's like, her libido was higher than her husband's. Well, first, we got way too high testosterone going on, if that's the case. 
And yes. to let me teach you that it should only be high in one specific area of the month. Yes. And so that also is what happens in the first half of your cycle is when you get to around day 12 is when estrogen peaks. It's, that's the highest time it's going to be all month long. And so this is a couple days before ovulation. At the same time, you get your testosterone peak. And so you think about this, it's our bodies are so smart. It's driving our sex drive up right before we ovulate. And we can get pregnant within, within any of that time because of the way the mucus is inside our cervix. Sperm can last for, I think it is five to seven days inside You're the serious? cervix. Yes. And so some women can hours. have sex. No, we have 24 hours to get pregnant where it can be fertilized, but sperm can live inside you for five to seven days because of the mucus at that time. So there is a window of, yeah, so you better be careful by the sound. <laughs> You're like, oh, just we won't have sex these two days and we'll be that's fine. Why, Not the case. Uh, birth control for me because yeah, okay. <laughs> where I blink wrong, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So first half of the cycle, easy to lose weight. It's easy to put the efforts into losing weight. It's a great time to start any new diet program, or if you're trying to change the way you're eating, that's when to start it because it's much easier to adhere to that in the first half of your cycle. Because once we ovulate, then we start heading into the second half of the cycle. And this is when progesterone comes in. So progesterone comes in. Progesterone is a very calming hormone. It helps with anxiety. It helps with PMS. So we know that as we're transitioning into perimenopause, women will start getting really bad PMS, heavy bleeding, tender breasts. They feel like they're PMSing for two weeks out of the month. They can't sleep. They've got anxiety. They're depressed. This is because they're usually because they're lacking in that progesterone because progesterone is the first one to take a dive as we age. So you, we usually start to see that happen in your mid-30s to late 30s where, where progesterone starts to dive before estrogen does. And then in that second half of the cycle, what can happen because of that is you actually become estrogen dominant, not so much that you have too much estrogen, but just in comparison to that progesterone, there's too much. And so they really need to balance each other. So you need to have enough of both at all times to work in harmony with each other and have a normal, healthy cycle where we're not feeling like we're going crazy. So when, it gets, when the estrogen gets too high, that's where we have the heavy, painful periods, right? In compare, yes, in comparison to progesterone. Right. It's not often that I see, and I do a lot of hormone testing, it's not, I've honestly, I can count on one hand how many women I've seen that actually have normal levels of progesterone and too high estrogen. So it's really at the top of the charts. That's, that is estrogen dominance, but you don't see that often. You know, 90%, 99% of the time, you're going to see estrogen in really good levels in comparison to the progesterone, the progesterone's too low. So a lot of people will go in and think, oh, I got to detox all my estrogen because I need, I'm estrogen dominant. It's like, no, no, wait, you need estrogen. <laughs> Remember, it helps you to be insulin sensitive. And when you go, when once you get into farther into perimenopause and into menopause and that estrogen drops, 
that's when we see the weight gain. That's what it's from, is from the estrogen depleting. It makes us more leptin resistant, more insulin resistant without the estrogen. It can cause fatty, it can contribute to fatty liver disease, high cholesterol, all from a depletion of estrogen. So second half of the cycle, the progesterone still has a very important role besides the anxiety and stuff. It actually raises our metabolism. So if you're taking your basal body temperature throughout the month, you'll see that your first half of the month, it's usually under 98.6. It'll it, Normally it should float around 98.2, first half of the cycle. And then once that progesterone kicks in after ovulation, it should come up to 98.6. And you know that if it doesn't, that could mean that you're not ovulating, you're not producing enough progesterone. It can also be a thyroid problem, but just so you guys know that that can happen and it'll be reflected in temperature. So progesterone raises metabolism, but we also have the estrogen drops. And because of that, we actually go into a little bit more of a moody state our energy and our it's just it's just calmer even though metabolism's higher we were a little calmer and because that estrogen goes down serotonin a feel good neurotransmitter also goes down we all know antidepressants work on serotonin levels so estrogen helps to build serotonin. So without the estrogen, serotonin goes down. What helps us to make serotonin? Carbohydrates, because carbohydrates turn into tryptophan, tryptophan turns into serotonin. So when your body in the second half of your cycle is going, oh, I need the cake, I need the cookies. <laughs> There's chocolate. Their chocolate. There is a reason for that because naturally your body needs more carbohydrates in the second half of your cycle. So and you're telling me that it's more than just brain power and willpower to conquer through these things. Exactly. And if we can embrace it and remember our metabolism goes up so it can handle a little more carbs. It's all very on purpose, this whole cycle. <laughs> But if you can tune into that and just go, you know what, I'm in the second half of my cycle, I'm going to start upping my carbohydrates in the form of potatoes, sweet potatoes, some fruits, some starchy vegetables, then you won't be, you won't fall for the, I got to just eat the sugar right now because you're trying to resist, trying to stay on that low carb diet. Like you did so well in the second, in the first half of the month. And you're going, why can't I do this in the second? And you're holding on and then it all breaks loose and you hit the cookies and you're going, oh my gosh. And then you feel guilty and you're like, oh, why can't I stick with this? When if you would just work with that cycle and go, okay, now's the time to increase my carbohydrates, good carbohydrates, then those cravings won't get so out of hand. And you're listening to your body and your body can tolerate a higher amount of carbohydrates in the second half of your cycle. And then it all repeats. <laughs> that makes so much sense to me and I've never had explained it, heard it explained that way. That's, yeah. that's genius. Yeah, well, and this in the program that I'm giving you guys, the masterclass that I'm giving you, it goes through this in more detail with a slideshow and then I'm gonna give you guys a four week meal plan that implements this. Now, if you're in your perimenopause or menopausal years, you're kind of, you know, if you're perimenopausal, you could still do it, even though it's probably a little bit erratic. 
And then menopausal, you can still follow along because most menopausal women, and Rhonda, maybe you can attest to this, they still feel like they have a bit of a cycle. They, I remember talking to my mother-in-law who's 64 and she was like, you know, every month at the there's a week out of the month where I know that that would have been my period. She said, I still get a headache. I still get grumpy and bitchy or whatever. And she's like, I just know that that's when I would have had my period. So if you feel that, then you could kind of still time it, right? Where you still cycle in the carbs and cycle them out or, you know, you know, still follow along with the plan. Okay. So an overview here, the first half of your cycle, that's where you want to start a, a carb restrictive or diet per se, because your body can handle that with the insulin and how it correlates with the estrogen there. Then the second half of your cycle, don't beat yourself up when you want more carbs. Exactly. So grab the healthy carbs rather than yeah. simple sugars. And the exercise also goes along with that cycle. First half of your cycle, you guys all know, you feel way more energetic way more into going out and doing some hits or, uh, you know, CrossFit or whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, but you're, you usually tend to have more energy and it's much easier for you to get out there and do some cardio and lift some heavy weights. And then the second half of the cycle, you find that you're just like dragging yourself to the gym or to the class. And you're just like, oh, listen to that, that the second half of the cycle, I do way more yoga. I do more walking, hiking, just taking paddle boarding. I take it easy. And then I take advantage of that energy in the first half of the cycle and do more heavier weights, work out more, more cardio, more hit, things like that. That's so cool. So tell us what you do and what you, what your exercise is and what your diet looks like the first half of your cycle then verse it compared to the second half. So if you're trying to optimize weight loss and run with that cycle, then the first half of the month, the cycle, is when you could do either daily intermittent fasting. You can, I think in the program that I'm going to give you, it's five days of intermittent fasting and then two days of normal eating. Um, so that just means that you'll start eating later in the day. On those day, on that, on the first two weeks, I always do what's called bulletproof fasting, which is much easier on the hormonal system than uh, water fasting, intermittent fasting, or plain coffee. So it's always implemented. So up to you if you want to do just coffee or tea and not do the bulletproof coffee. But bulletproof coffee has MCT oil in it and some butter, and it's just easier on the adrenal system when we put that in our coffee when we're intermittent fasting helps with hunger levels too. So that's what, in the first half of the cycle, it's lower carb, so more ketogenic, trying to you know access those fat stores. You do more hit, more cardio, more lifting weights. Really bank on that, on that, what's happening right there, because it's easier to do all of those things and to lose weight in that first half of the cycle. And then when the second half of the cycle comes, you can drop the intermittent fasting, eat still a lower carb, you know, paleo based diet that's, you know, anywhere from 50 to 150 grams of carbohydrates a day of total grams, um, total grams of carbohydrates. And then 
putting in the starchy vegetables, so sweet potato, potato, fruits, yogurt, things like that, because you're you're going to listen to those signals that your body needs the more carbs. That's when you eat the dark chocolate. Maybe you'll have more cheat days on those. I hate even calling it cheat days, but we'll just say, you know, an uptick of calories in the second half of the cycle. You have a bite see- of chocolate. Don't beat yourself e- up. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not going to totally ruin everything. You're, I'm not telling you in those second second half of your cycle, like that's when you start to eat McDonald's and cake every day. You're still going to eat a very whole food-based diet, very anti-inflammatory that's going to work with your body and your blood sugar because you become more insulin resistant in that second half of your cycle too. So you need to be very careful as far as like, you don't want to be pounding macaroni sugar because your body will then gain weight. But if you just listen to it and you eat the healthy carbs, Uh, with the odd treat, it's totally fine. Yeah, that's so important. And I think especially in the diet world or the weight loss world in general, people just think that they have to start a diet or whatever they want to call it. And they have to stick with that every day for X amount of days until they have the loss of the weight scale show what they want to show or whatever it is that their goal and goal is in mind. But we don't think about us women, we are cyclical creatures. We, and I love how you said four different people within the month. That's our hormones. It's our physiology. So don't fight it. Don't beat yourself up because on day 21 of your cycle, you're craving sugar. It's not because you're weak. It's not because you don't have the headstrong mindset that I can beat this. I can, I can conquer everything. It's your body telling you something and to listen to it. It's like yes. when I have a healthy meal, I'm going to have to start correlating with this now with my hormones because I'll get done eating a healthy meal and it's like, I need one bite of chocolate, just one. Yeah, that's it. So I have to cycle all the time for me. So I grab the chocolate, grab the little Hershey kiss or whatever it is I have. I have that one thing and I'm done. That's all I need. I'm going to have to start paying attention. I I would imagine it happens in the second and a half of the cycle now because I've never correlated with that beforehand. Yeah. And do you find even during your period that you get like your appetite goes way down? My period's different, and I'll tell you, I have the easiest period in the world. Oh, lucky you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, maybe it's like day two, day three, and now that I'm, I use the Nuva ring, whatever the heck they want to call it now for birth control, when I started using that, it even got lighter. It's always been light, but then it was just really light, really easy to where I use like a, a this, the super mini ones. I don't know what they're called, the purple ones. And I can maybe use three of them a day, maybe. Like it's that, oh, yeah. okay. it's that light. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> yes, you're very lucky for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't complain about it. So Although Rachel and Rhonda, they're, they're losing their period or have lost their period. So they, they, they don't, neither of them have them actually, right? Rhonda's in menopause and Rachel's had a hysterectomy. So neither of them have a, a period. Right. So Right. No period here. <laughs> Rhonda's like, I lived that, done with it, happy as yeah. clown. Now I'm <laughs> well, just, you know, I, packing I on the weight. Because there's other things that go along with it. But yeah, I'm happy about that part being over. <laughs> yeah. And so when you guys, now that you guys are both in menopause, um, Rachel, you might still be cycling a little bit. You just aren't bleeding. But either way, both of you are 
at an age, myself included, where our estrogen has gone down and our progesterone. And so when that happens, like I said earlier, you'll become more insulin resistant. This is why we see women in menopause developing type 2 diabetes, developing heart disease, all of these things because of the depletion of estrogen. That's one of the main causes. Now, of course, it can be from not eating well, but we're going to assume you guys eat generally well, but know that your body at that time without estrogen is going to become more insulin resistant, more leptin resistant, which means you're actually going to feel hungrier more often. And so it starts to work. Everything starts to kind of work against your weight loss efforts at that point. And so there's different things that you can do. You can replace the hormones. You can get some estrogen back in, which I always advise doing because at that point, your body just isn't producing any. And it doesn't matter how many supplements or how well you eat, it's not going to bring estrogen back. So for a lot of women that are getting the symptoms of perimenopause, menopause, their best bet is to work with a doctor or practitioner that understands bioidentical hormones and you can replace those so that you don't get the weight gain and the insulin resistance and the leptin resistance, et cetera. Do you ever recommend something like DHEA or pregnenolone? Yes. Okay. So the reason why I ask is because those are higher up on the food chain when we look mm -hmm. about when we're looking at hormones. Um, our hormones stem from cholesterol. That's where they're produced from. So when you're thinking about what to eat for food, eating healthy fats is glorious so for your hormones. Yep. The more healthy fats you can get, the better. And people yep. always ask me, well, how much? I don't care how much. Just eat as much as you can. I always say you put, just put it in with every meal. Like don't shy away from putting butter on vegetables. Don't shy away from using a big gob of coconut oil when you're stir frying vegetables. Like just everything, everything should have a little bit of good fat in it. So, yeah. um, you know, grass-fed beef, of course, all the fatty fish, um, you want to put butter, you want to use olive oil on your salad. Like don't shy away from it. I've always said that I think the low fat era that I was raised in and that my mom was super fanatic about, I think it destroyed hormones for women completely. <laughs> Could yeah. we, like, how long did that go for? It was like a 10 year, 15 year stint was fat was the devil. Don't go near it. Yeah. I always see those. Purple for our hormones. Fat. Now it's gluten-free everything. So yeah. you, you look at your ketchup container and it says gluten-free on I'm like, well, no, it better be gluten-free. Yeah. It's sugar right? full, but it's gluten-free. Yeah. yeah. So it's healthy, right? Yeah. Um, I love that. So healthy, healthy fats are key because your body requires them to make testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. So when I'm helping people along the system with balancing their hormones, I always include supplementation as well as the dietary fact. But if you can give your body more of those healthy fats, it has more product to make the estrogen, the progesterone, the testosterone. And then if you want to, you can supplement with DHEA or pregnenolone, depending on how your hormones balance. Um, but those are also precursors to producing those hormones. Yeah. I don't use pregnenolone very often, but I do use DHEA if it's low or if someone's got some adrenal insufficiency and they're in that perimenopausal state, even sometimes before, even if they're in their fertile years, a smidge of DHEA while you're working on the cause of that low DHEA, like 
DHA is very age dependent, which means as you get older, naturally it comes down. Mm -hmm. So, but if you're in your twenties, thirties and that DHEA is down, then we have to say, okay, well, why is that happening? What, what's going on with the adrenal system? And there's things that you can do to boost it up. And temporarily you can take a little bit of DHEA while you're working on that. And then as you age, as an anti-aging hormone, you can take DHEA and it will convert over to either estrogen or testosterone in your body. Women tend to go down the more of the estrogen pathway. Uh, but as you get into menopause and perimenopause, you're taking a lot of the time that's taking too many steps, like take the pregnenolone and the DHEA sometimes it's just much better and much faster if you just go straight to the source and just take that bioidentical estrogen, estradiol, and bioidentical progesterone and skip out the middleman. <laughs> just go straight to the punch because women tend to feel feel much better when they get just get it. Yeah, especially you got like the hot flash going on. Exactly, yeah. The craziness that we assume is normal with menopause, but it doesn't need to be. Yes. Um, all right, so cool. So as we're finishing up here, if you could give, we all have, you know, hormone chaos, chaos at some point in our life. So if we were to take it, what we've talked about today and make it from a step one, step two, step three standpoint, what would you say those three steps are to get started to what to eat to balance our hormones? Mm-hmm. I, I favor uh, primal-based diets and for good reason. I have literally worked with thousands of women in the field of weight loss and hormones, and I've worked with vegans and vegetarians and everything on that spectrum. And what I've seen in my practice is that primal-based diets- um, You're are, talking like- So either meat. keto, okay. autoimmune paleo, paleo, or carnivore. Okay. Um, I love carnivore. You have to be very careful with carnivore. Yes, but I'm a big fan of meat. Yes, so same. But you can still have a lot of, you can still be very carnivore-ish and follow a paleo or keto-based diet, right? So for those diets, depending on what's happening to you hormonally, so let's say you really are estrogen dominant, you've got endometriosis, we know that there's this imbalance happening. Then you want to go on the lower carb end because you really want to reduce as much inflammation and sugar as much as possible. So going you know, keto with some carb ups for a period of time can be really helpful at bringing down that inflammation. Now, endometriosis specifically, there is an auto and PCOS, both of them have what they call autoimmune characteristics to them. And they're, I think they're going to soon be labeled as autoimmune. I'm so glad you brought that up because I teach practitioners this. Yep. And so many people think it's just a hormonal based and it is a hormone based system, but it's why is my body going haywire and how do I fix it? And when I pull medical records, 90% of the time, even though they have PCOS and endometriosis or either one of them, there is a autoimmune component that I can get detect in the labs. So you're right. And I totally agree with you. There's definitely an autoimmune component in both of those things. And when you're talking about autoimmune, then you have to completely change the treatment plan. And it just doesn't become about your hormones. It becomes also about your immune system. Yes. You have to stop it from attacking your hormones. And then you can balance the hormones, but you have to stop the attack first, right? Yep. So definitely, I, I, yes, you are dead on. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I preach it to all these doctors that I, that I teach every Tuesday. 
So continue on. Sorry. Yes. No, that's great. Because I, I agree. And there's just not a lot of information or research on that yet. There's just like they say, there's it's very autoimmune in nature. Even there's a lot of new information coming out that I've just started to learn about, which is endometriosis isn't an estrogen dominant problem per se. It's more that estrogen is anti-inflammatory. And so when there's something in the body that needs healing, like your pelvis, estrogen will go in there to try to bring down inflammation, which doesn't that tie into it being an autoimmune condition. So estrogen can go in and increase because it's trying to heal. It's trying to do what it, it believes its job is. And overpopulates the pelvis. And so it's not necessarily that it's estrogen's the bad guy in that picture. It's that the body's doing what it's meant to do. Estrogen's doing what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't realize that it's actually overdoing the job and creating problems for that particular woman. So yeah. very interesting. But yes, PCOS and endometriosis both have a very inflammatory component to them, an autoimmune component. So for endometriosis, you could even do an autoimmune paleo protocol and see how that helps by bringing down the inflammation. PCOS, because there's this insulin blood sugar piece to it, then usually I'll put women on carnivore or keto to fix the insulin resistance as fast as possible. Carnivore I've seen work faster than anything to reverse insulin resistance. It's not something I tell a lot of women to stay on because you do end up running into problems in the long term because you end up not eating very much, which then slows the thyroid down. Your adrenals and your thyroid both really like carbohydrates. <laughs> And so we are in, yes, yeah, so does your brain. brain the two. We are in an epidemic of highly stressed, lots of hypothyroid for women right now. And so it can you can really damage your system if you take the keto fasting carnivore stuff too far. So you have to be very, very careful. Use it as a therapeutic tool to reverse those symptoms as fast as possible. And then as fast as possible, you start to bring in those carbohydrates and then maybe going along with that cycle. But first things first, you change the diet. And so that, you know, pick your primal based diet. If you don't have any sort of chronic health problems like that, like PCOS or endometriosis, then you can just simply go right into that cycling. If you're perimenopausal or menopausal, you can do it during the week. Like you can say, okay, you know, I'm going to do three days of fasting, low carb keto. And the other four days, I'm going to do moderate carb paleo. And that works well. That's what I do in my membership group because I don't, there's so many different women in there, not all different ages that that's what I, I provide for them. in the meal plan is a weekly cycle of, so that they go in and out of carb cycling in and out of calories, like higher calories to lower calories. So their body can still lose weight. You want to make sure all that good fat is in there. Like we talked about. So that's, I always say that's your base. So that's your first step is dialing in that diet, getting rid of the inflammatory foods because most hormonal imbalances have an inflammatory component. So removing the grains, the beans, the processed sugars, even, even 
80% of the time will be, will make such a difference on your system and your hormones. So that's your baseline. And then from there, you can start looking at specifically for you, what supplements you want to take to support your adrenal system, to support the thyroid, whatever it is that you're dealing with, you can then look at the supplements that are going to support those imbalances. So um, endometriosis, you you will take stuff that will help your body to break down that estrogen, um, balance the hormones, bring down inflammation. Um, PCOS, we all there's lots of different things that you can take for PCOS to help with blood sugar, like berberine. Menopausal, MACA. What's that? 90-day kits that are designed for PCOS and another one designed for endometriosis. But I have also a boot camp, a 21-day boot camp um, that will help people dive into more of the food thing, add in the supplements that are needed to help balance all the blood sugar, lower the testosterone. And then, and that's all coming out in March, on March 15th is when we start. The registration is March 1st is when it begins. So we're going to take that first step, dramatically transform the hormones in 21 days. And then if they want to go another step farther, they easily can. Um, but I love, 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 love all the things, everything that you're sharing, membership site, tell them where they can find that. You can find that at karenmartel.com. Uh, the program, the membership program is called On Track. Uh, it comes out with weekly, that weekly meal plan, the hormone, it's called the Hormone and Metabolic Reboot Plan. You guys are going to get a sample of the meal plans. It's a cycle one, but just so you know, we do it. You can still implement that. Even if you do join the group, you can do what you want with how you eat with the recipes. So um, Karen's being so kind. She is giving you guys inside the membership. So Rachel and Rhonda, you're going to get this. Um, I will upload it into the membership where you have the four week plan that she's talking about. So you'll know when to begin and make it just simple step-by-step process. So we have one, the first step you mentioned was to figure out the weekly cycle so the three days of kind of more of the intermittent fasting. Yeah, so that would be for if you're not cycling, you could you could do that. Even if you are cycling, you could still do it week to week if that's easier for you. And you want to put just add in more carbs days on the second half of the cycle, you can certainly do that too. But the plan that you're given is a, you know, two week is low carb. And then the two weeks we go up without any fasting in the, in the second Perfect. half of I the cycle. I love that. Because I'm thinking for me, how do I make this so simple for me to follow? And I'm literally going to say, okay, in the first half of my cycle, I'm going to work out. I'm going to sleep good. I'm going to capitalize on that energy, um, dial in the diet a little bit there. I'm not too focused on a, on a diet per se for my own standard. It's just eating healthy or in generally. And then the second half of the cycle, I'm not going to beat myself up when I want to go grab that bite of chocolate. I'm going to yeah. do it. Because that's what my hormones are telling me. Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to please them so they make me happy. And this becomes second nature after a period of time. Like when you can, when you, now that you know what's happening, now you can tune into that and be like, oh, I'm craving sugar or okay, I'm in the first half of my cycle. And when maybe you would usually just not care about what you're eating and oh, sure, I'll eat the cake today or ice cream or cookies, but you don't really care for it. Now you can kind of, this is what I do is it's like, 
second and first half of my cycle, I don't go near the stuff because I know I'm going to want to go near it in the second half of my cycle. So I save it (laughs) for when I really need it. And when I can resist it, I do. And I take advantage of that willpower um, at that time of the month. Yeah. So ladies, use your willpower the first two weeks. Don't. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Go for it, Rhonda. Uh, okay, sorry. And I, sorry, my video, it, I have to go in and fix it. I, I don't know why it's not working. But so my question is, you're talking about, so doing like keto diet, which I follow, but you're saying, you know, like Kylie, you were saying, if your hormones are telling you, you know, I have a piece of chocolate or whatever, but part of the keto diet, as far as I can, as I know, is that you, you have to be in ketosis for it to work to um, lose weight. So isn't eating a piece of chocolate going to kick you out of ketosis and then you have to start all over again? So I'm kind of confused about yep. this, you know, putting more carbs in and then that messes up what you've just done for the last two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So great question. And unfortunately there is a ton of damaging information in the keto world for women. And I say this because I'm the person that people come to after being long-term keto or carnivore to fix their metabolism or to get them past a weight loss plateau. So the state of ketosis was built in our hunter-gatherer times in order to survive as a backup source of fuel. It was if we were starving and there wasn't a lot of food around, the body would then switch over and burn fat stores and burn ketones for energy so we didn't die. So here we are in 2021 and people are keeping their systems in a state of ketosis 24-7 for years at a time. And what I see across the board almost, and this is a different timing for each woman, but sometimes it's three months, tends to be the more weight you have to lose, the longer you can do it without repercussions. What tends to happen though, is after a period of time, because you're going keto, which we all know when you're going keto, you're burning ketones, hunger levels take a dive. It's very common for women to be intermittent fasting as well as ketoing. So they're, you know, eating one to two meals a day. And at first this is glorious. You're like, this is the best thing I've ever come across. I'm eating all this delicious satiating foods. I'm not hungry. I'm burning ketones. I've got energy. My brain's clear. Trust me, I've put thousands of women on a ketogenic diet. I know the benefits. It's so great for the gut. It can be great for hormones. But what you're signaling to your system is that there's not a lot of food around and women are built to procreate. And so when your body starts to get this signal over and over and over again that, hey, there's not a lot of food around, women are going to like seven, 800 calories a day because they don't need to eat very much. They're fasting. They're doing one meal a day, the OMAD trend. Well, You can go into PubMed and you will find countless studies on how that caloric restriction will A, drive your thyroid down, drive the adrenal system down because it drives cortisol up when you're fasting. Fasting is a stressor. Low carb is a stressor. 
So it's a matter of time before your body goes, screw you, this is not cool. Like we're, we're hungry, we're not getting carbohydrates, we're obviously in a famine. We better slow down the metabolism and stop right there. And so I see these women over and over again where they come in with the same story, which is I lost 20 pounds, I lost 40 pounds, I lost 50 pounds. I had a woman the other day, I lost 100 pounds. And then the weight loss stopped. And about 50% of those women, I can say, go now, follow a paleo-based diet, get yourself out of ketosis, start doing 100 grams of carbs a day, and they all lose weight. The 50% of them will lose weight. Okay, by so then taking themselves out of ketosis. This is really helpful for me. I guess I need you because <laughs> I have been doing keto for a very long time. I have no thyroid. I had a thyroidectomy because I had thyroid cancer. I have no thyroid. I had a gastric sleeve and I lost weight with that. But, you know, of course that stopped. Mm -hmm. And then I did keto and lost some, but I'm at a complete standstill. I feel like nothing I do will help. I'll lose three, four or five pounds. I gain it right back. Yeah. Your and body so, is so and I feel like smart. It's my fault because I think, oh, I'm just not doing it right. Exactly. And Rhonda, you go on these forums on any keto form, carnivore form, whatever it is, you will get 500 comments. If you put that, if you just put that story, what you just told me into that post, into a post on Facebook and those uh -huh. groups, you would get 50, 500, whatever people saying to you, you're not doing it right. You yeah. need to lower your carbs farther. You need to fast more. You need to do a water fast for three days. Go carnivore, go one meal a day. Exactly. <laughs> It's the, and that is by far the worst advice. You're putting fuel on the fire. People lose weight all the time on paleo, vegan, vegetarian. You don't have to be in a state of ketosis to lose weight. That's a crock. That's not true. Ideally, you want to be metabolically flexible because I bet right now, Rhonda, you're not. If you started to eat carbs, yeah, probably would gain weight. I do. If I yeah. eat, like if I go off for a few days or a week, I gain. Yeah. And so I just am like at a complete loss at what to do. Because your body is going, oh my gosh, sugar, quick. We're, we've <laughs> yeah. got a little bit of carbohydrates, quick store it as fat because we're probably going to go into another famine soon. Oh. You've become carb intolerant. And I see right. this every day. And so you have to very slowly start putting carbs back into your diet. So that might look like a half a sweet potato at dinner time every other day. Okay. And you just I know when slowly I move carbs, up. When I eat carbs, especially if it's, um, you know, sugar or that type of stuff, my joints will start to hurt really bad. My elbows, my knees. And so I know that I can't eat that sugar. So I stop eating it and that stops hurting. But then I go through the whole, you know, I'm not losing weight. I'm not, you know, and then I give up and it's just a. And you hold on to it because you did at one time lose weight right. on it. Right. That's exactly what I do. I go back and back to it because I know it worked once. It's got to work again. And that's not the case. The faster you can become metabolically flexible and go in and out of ketosis, which is what we would have done as hunter-gatherers. We would have had times of feasting and times of famine. And so if you can train your system to be metabolically flexible, you can continue to lose weight. And you also, of course, on top of that, 
need to support the hormones. You're in menopause. So without hormones, it could be very challenging for you to lose weight. Okay. So I guess I need your help. I need you to, how do I do that? (laughs) Her and I are going to partner up. Yeah. Okay. She has a membership as well. And we're going to give you guys discounts to begin both. We're just, we're working on the details. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Because Karen's freaking genius. That's why I bring her into these things. As are you, Kylie. <laughs> we just do dip, we just do a little bit different. She slowly goes into the the hormone part and and she's very good at it, which brings me to my next point. How many how long do you suggest people to do keto? When you when you say you need to do the ketosis and then get yourself out of it, how long is that time period? I usually say you give it a month because it takes the body to to learn how to burn ketones. It, it usually is can take it can take actually up to three months, but normally it's three to four weeks. So if you're coming in kind of new, fresh, do a four week ketogenic state, get your body into ketosis, and then you start putting in carb ops throughout the week. So that could just be started out with one, depending on what you're working with. If you're insulin resistant, if you're PCOS, type two diabetes, then you might only want to do one to two days a week of of a carb up and not very much. Maybe you'll just want to go up to like 75 grams of carbohydrates to start. And then as the body heals, you start putting in more and so that it becomes cyclical so that you can, like you said, we could do it per month in our, period cycle, or if you're menopausal, you can do it on a weekly basis or every other week, whatever that looks like to you. But you just want to take your system in and out of ketosis so that it doesn't slow down the metabolism. Because I've also noticed that I don't get satiated anymore like I used to when I first started the keto diet. You know how you were talking about how you lose the hunger and stuff, and that doesn't happen to me anymore. You know, even though I do the high fat and the, you know. That's probably because the cortisol's not right, right? The cortisol will go up with when you're doing too much keto and then that drives blood sugar up. So it becomes blood sugar instability and you won't get satiated anymore. It can also be from an estrogen drop. Okay. Hmm. Let's just all drop the mic, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, Karen, for for joining (laughs) us. Karen, any, if you were to just start one place, where would that one place be? your diet yes you have to and and doing what we just tell everything we've talked about today if you can just simply start to implement that to begin with you it's it has to be the starting point it's the foundation of hormonal balance cool i'm gonna have to talk to you some further but (laughs) anytime (laughs) all right guys thanks for joining us i don't know about you guys but my mind is still blown I can't believe the amount of content that I learned and it makes so much sense how our bodies work as women. And so what I want to let you guys in on is these upcoming boot camps that you can now register for. There is a 21-day boot camp for PCOS, endometriosis, even if you don't have the diagnosis but you think that you you might and you do or you want to get your hormones in balance. There's one for anxiety and depression, one for it's not because you're a mom, and one for your thyroid. Those five boot camps, they're starting March 15th. They're 21 days, and I would love it if you joined us. In fact, I'm going to bonus you guys that four-week 
diet plan Karen just introduced us to so you can start learning and understanding how you should eat in comparison to your cycle. It's pretty bomb. She's got a video that goes with it and the four-week meal plan guide. I want to give those to you guys. Come join us inside one of the tribe, one of the boot camps, whichever one is right for you. I'll put all of the links in the comments below. Remember, registration is now live. We start March 15th. It's 21 days, and those 21 days are going to knock your socks off. Come join us.